The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1. The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kubule Ogbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den. Happy post-Super Bowl Monday. I'm Kule Ugbayani alongside Paul Brecht and Michael Lascaro. We got a full house this morning and we're doing the opposite of what Timmy Chang suggests in taking the day off <laughs> after Super Bowl. We are going for two hours today. You heard that right. Two hour show. You guys will we'll keep you entertained hopefully for the next couple of hours. So from this morning until 10 o'clock it's going to be a fun show because there are a ton of stuff going on. Uh, we'll obviously get to the Super Bowl in just a little bit, but there was a ton of things that happened over the weekend with the state championships that went on, some UH basketball, some men's volleyball, and there's just so much to talk about this Monday. So we thought, you know what, let's just go for an extra hour to keep everybody informed and have a good time. But Remember, if you miss any of it, you guys can always listen on demand at hawaiisportsradio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to text us if you guys want to say anything about the Super Bowl at 808-888-KGU1. That's 808-888-5481 if you guys want to get in on the conversation with all the craziness that happened the Super Bowl in overtime Super Bowl nonetheless. Only the second one in this Super Bowl history. And the Kansas City Chiefs, this is why we don't bet against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. As you heard our uh, Chaz Ontai say in his sports report, officially a dynasty. Now the debate is over. This is a dynasty. And I wouldn't put it past them to win a few more. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey saying they're coming back. Andy Reid. I mean, is this ever going to be a beatable team? But nonetheless, 25-22. I'm feeling 22, as Michael liked to reference before we jumped on air with the San Francisco 49ers of the song that they should be singing. Taylor Swift wins her first Super Bowl in her rookie season. So congrats to Tay-Tay and all the fellow Swifties out there. I'm sure the NFL is was enjoying every part of it, bringing the new fans of the Swifties and then the cherry on top for them to win. Yes, she easily made it to the Super Bowl, but it was a jam-packed. Well, I wouldn't say it was a jam-packed game. For the most part, if you are definitely a fan of wanting to see a lot of touchdowns scored, this definitely wasn't the game for you in terms of excitement. But what made it exciting is it going to overtime. I think it was like the first time. I need to look at the exact stack. That's one thing I forgot to put on my notes, but they said it during the broadcast. And I think I texted you guys in our group chat about the first time that the first quarter in the Super Bowl ended 0-0. In a long time. You Oof. did text us about it being 0-0. I don't know what the stat was, unfortunately. And now I'm embarrassed because I'm <laughs> I know, the stat guy. I know. We forgot the fun fact of the stat. <laughs> um, but no, how, how how are you guys feeling? How are we liking this? Are we? I know we definitely like to bet a lot on these things. Uh, when we can, of course. But <laughs> we always like to talk about it. And this is exactly to close out the show on Friday. I said, if Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City are getting points... They're going to get, like, you might as well take them. Nonetheless, it did, they didn't need the points. And San Francisco, I was thinking that they would win straight up, but here we are, Kansas City, once again. 
Well, as the resident Rams fan in the room, <laughs> I am having a great day. You know, <laughs> and then I think we are we're also the Dallas Cowboys stations and. Currently, the San Francisco 49ers has a longer Super Bowl drought than the Dallas Cowboys. So. This is true. Ooh, this is true. That's a One good little thing year. to put in there, too, as well. But enjoyable game, enjoyable game. I guess the last fourth, last half of the third quarter and on got a little entertaining for fans. But probably uh, after a lot of the drinks were already flowing. So it was already entertaining with my one-person party that I had. <laughs> the vibes were awesome, Indeed. I mean, Usher, first off, Usher killed it. I thought that was an awesome performance. Um, it, it was, yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. I was dancing it up in the second half. I thought it was a fun game all throughout. Um, I did mention a few times, I can't fathom if the Jets ever made this game because I could not care less yesterday about who won that game. I just <laughs> wanted a good football game, and yet I was nervous. I felt physically ill nauseous in the fourth quarter and overtime for both teams Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting there thinking I'm like how do the fans of either side (laughs) watch this because I'm on the floor writhing in pain for their for their losses and so it's it was a really exciting game all in all I thought it was an excellent representation of Las Vegas oh a hundred percent and you know for it being the first time in Vegas and whatever it, it being the, I know everybody was worried about, oh, you know, how big of a show can it be? It was a big show, man. Mm-hmm. It was a big show. I really very much so enjoyed the Super Bowl. I enjoyed the game. Even without the, the high-scoring touchdowns, I thought it was interesting that, you know, both teams, you could tell there were nerves there. A lot of fumbles, a lot of loose balls hitting the ground where it, it, you didn't really expect it. Mm-hmm. And then it's such a funny sport where <laughs> the jokes on Twitter yesterday flying about <laughs> About the uh, Super Bowl turning into a Big Ten matchup. Oh, yeah. There were tons of jokes about Iowa football. Everyone's like, welcome to Iowa football if you think this is exciting. Although, it, it is kind of interesting where it, it's always fascinating when the odds makers get this close to the actual line total. So, it teetered around 47 and a half for most of the week. And then it closed at 46 and a half. So depending on where you got in, again, final score, 25-22, you could have been on either side. So hopefully so for some of the overbetters in our, um, actually on our Instagram, I made sure to look. <laughs> but unfortunately, I didn't look until after the game was done. And I'm like, shoot, I hope people I didn't hope vote didn't after. Yeah. But on our Instagram <laughs> poll that was up with taking your picks, uh, we had 58% pick Kansas City. Plus the one and a half. Uh, and then, let's see, 56% as well picked the over. And on Michael's one, though, he had the 47 and a half. So, <laughs> <laughs> sorry for those. So, technically, it went over with the line closed, but not not according, not our line that we have on Instagram, unfortunately. But Our line, good, it <laughs> Good thing it wasn't for uh, none of that. Money. For real. Yeah, it wasn't for real for the people that <laughs> voted, so it's okay. Uh, but let's start kind of um, from the beginning when we look at, you know, just as you mentioned, just as a whole, like the production that went into the Super Bowl and Las Vegas and building up when we chatted with Bill McConnell last week on how, you know, this has been a year in the making with them getting volunteers and everything involved and uh, turning, at least the strip wasn't turned into a total chaos and debacle like it is for F1. So I can very much see the city of Las Vegas wanting to have 
or be in the regular rotation of the Super Bowl, which I can't imagine why it wouldn't be now, uh, moving forward. And then we go to the coin toss. Shout out to Lahaina Luna Football, who were well represented there. And I thought that was just a touching moment. I couldn't believe and I was so happy for you know, the coaches and, and the student athletes from Lahaina Luna that were able to to represent and have that experience considering all that they have gone through and for it to all culminate on the biggest stage in the sport that they love was, I'm getting chicken skin just talking about it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like just seeing them there and having, you know, bringing that or, or keeping the attention on Lahaina because they are still in the recovery process. And for that to be on the national stage, I like as much as, you know, the NFL doesn't get things right. I do appreciate that they did this for Lahaina and Lahaina Luna again on the biggest stage. And of course they had the, the video that played the montage and everything beforehand when they introduced who was part of the coin toss. And it was just amazing for everyone to see. Uh, we cried in my in my place uh, at my Super Bowl or Super Bowl party. Uh, there was not a dry eye in the house. Um, just a really really cool moment in general, um, and, and especially considering. I mean, we talk about Las Vegas being the ninth island all the mm-hmm. time, so there really is that connection with Hawaii. Oftentimes there, so to see the people represented, the Maui. Our, our Ohana over on Maui represented with the Lahaina Luna football team. It was such a special, special moment. And you're right. The NFL doesn't always get it right. This is one of those things that, I mean, it couldn't have gone more perfectly. All right. Oh, going to the, oh, there's him. Alan, does his creepy look again. <laughs> <laughs> he always throws me off when he does that. Oh, Alan, Mia. Anywho. All right. Getting now towards to the game one of the other things that uh, stood out that went viral like on social media as the game was going on was the whole Travis Kelsey Andy Reid interaction after it was a Isaiah Pacheco fumble and then Travis Kelsey basically like yells at and bumps Andy Reid now both of them are taking it in stride as they should I mean they're basically family they won all this stuff together Travis Kelsey kind of has that rapport not not necessarily saying that it was right how he reacted but I mean they have that rapport I know a lot of people are like oh man he's gonna get kicked off the team or if I did that I would be like suspended for a year I'm like this is a Chiefs team that has won multiple times and Travis Kelsey is part of the winning ways it's Travis Kelsey Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid I'm pretty sure they have their own little hey they probably yell at each other all the time in the locker rooms and we don't even see it right like great I don't, competitors I, do yeah that all it wasn't the time. surprising yeah maybe he should have bumped him but the post game Andy Reid is like oh you know usually I I, I push back but uh, I, I you know I wasn't balanced or whatever so they all are joking about it Travis Kelsey kind of said something along the lines of um he's like I don't know if anyone's going to put it out there on my mic'd up, but I was just telling them how much I love them. You know, that's all I was saying. So, you know, they're both just like, eh, water under the bridge, especially because it ended, it resulted in a win regardless. So they're like, eh, it's forgiven, forgotten, like never to be spoken about again. So I just thought that was interesting how that went completely viral. Like I said, I don't, eh, it's just, that's how family slash winning teams sometimes interact with each other. Now, if could anybody else not name Travis Kelsey or Patrick Mahomes, do that to Andy Reid and expect to have a job the next day? Probably not. But that's just the way that it is with and that's none of part them of them winning. Good enough though. That so exactly. I, AJ Brown's tweet 
kind yeah, of frustrated me, to be quite honest, where he was like, I would be kicked out of the league. No, you wouldn't. Yeah. You know why? Because A.J. Brown is one of the most emotional wide receivers I've seen in the NFL. He is somebody who has yelled at sideline coaches before. <laughs> so, I know it looked bad that Travis Kelsey bumped into Andy Reid and Andy stumbled. Andy was not expecting to get bumped into. Both of them are massive human beings. Yeah. Emotions run high in the Super Bowl. Guess what? We've seen A.J. Brown. His emotions run very, very high. That was such a frustrating tweet to me. And it, people who, who were like, well, Kelsey, you know, he, he's so big for his britches and blah, blah, blah. It, I promise you, go look at any sport. There have been basketball players who choke out their head coaches and then come back the next day and things are perfectly fine. Go look up some history with professional sports. Emotions get high. I'm not saying that it's the right thing, that it was a good yeah. look for Travis. None of that. Got to keep your emotions in check sometimes. But also, don't make it something that it's not. Like, that that was yeah. such a dramatic tweet. I was so angry at that. It was stupid. <laughs> and then it went viral, and I'm like, people are overreacting. This is a team that wins, so clearly they're... They, do this stuff all the time in the locker room, I'm sure. Um, but for anyone that maybe forgets or didn't watch the game, it basically happened where Isaiah Pacheco fumbled on in the red zone, I believe at the San Francisco 9. And then uh, Travis Kelsey was not in on that play. So basically he was saying, and not so much that he wanted the ball, like don't get it twisted where he was yelling about like, I need the ball. It's basically he wanted to be in there to be, you know, to utilize his size and be a blocker for Isaiah Pacheco. Because if you watch the replay, I mean, they just get, they just swarm in on him. Ball comes out so easily. So that was kind of the big reason why Travis Kelsey was mad. He was wanted to be there to help his teammate to prevent something like this from happening. Because at the time, it was, they still had zeros on the board for the Kansas City Chiefs. So they were that close to scoring and for them to give it up in the red zone. That's where the frustration uh, came from Travis not being in on that play, but water under the bridge. I think one thing that needs that doesn't get brought up enough is that they said in the post game that you know Travis came over and apologized for what happened, but you don't you don't see that on mm -hmm. TV or you don't see that on Twitter. And I you know it was kind of like the Kansas City Chiefs this whole season where there's just a lot of frustration. You know, um, sometimes it's majority of the time it's on Kadarius Tony, but you know just things, <laughs> things was a just, healthy scratch. We're not going their way. Um, for the Kansas City Chiefs, um, but I know one of the biggest losses was on Christmas Day to the Raiders, and there was a lot of uh, temper tantrums on the sideline from you know, the outside looking in, but they really had to do some self-reflection after that game, and I think they haven't lost since then. Yep. And I'm sure Travis Kelsey in that moment realized, hey, I can't, you know, even if I was there in the game, he could have still have fumbled, right? It's not like yeah. it would have changed much, right? So I want to point out that Travis did go and apologize to Andy Reid after the fact. Is a really good call out by you. Yep. I did not catch that, but I'm glad he did. And I wouldn't put it past him to do that. So that seems like a typical Travis Kelsey thing. All right. Got to step aside, but we'll continue our conversation about the Super Bowl when we come back on Wake Up in the Dead. more Wake Up oh. in the Den with Kukule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. We really got DJ Mike G Whoa. in here. <laughs> 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 Woo! Kukule Agbayani, Paul Brecht, and Michael Lescaro. 
giving you a two-hour show today, and we're just getting started talking about the the Super Bowl, the overtime Super Bowl, and again, the only second time this has happened in the Super Bowl, going to overtime, but the first time it has happened with the new overtime rules, which we will get to a little later because that's another thing that kind of got released throughout the news cycle this morning of, yeah, but we'll get to that when we get towards the ending of the game. <laughs> Anyways, first half of the game, uh, there was a score of 10 to 3. I did win my um my block for the Let's halftime, go. though. I won. Well, it was, fortunately, there was a, I didn't win it. Um, fortunately for halftime and game, the one I was playing has also reverse. So I got, I won it that way. So I won, I won my money back and like all I'm hearing enough is for you like, won. yeah, exactly. I won my money back that I put, put into the pool and yeah, there we go. Yeah. You, yeah, yeah you, you. <laughs> so, I won. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. That That's the best part about it is just not, uh, you know, having a little bit for plate lunches is, is always a good thing when you're making the game a little interesting. <laughs> I think my diet starts today. You know, after after Chinese New Year and the Super Bowl, that's when the diet really starts. Okay. That's a good call out. I unfortunately cannot start that. Too many leftovers. I, I <laughs> joked that um, Morgan, my partner, uh, decided that yesterday was going to be a second Thanksgiving. So so this uh, this week's going to be... We, we've got some leftovers to nice. eat. Nice. That's, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> no, though. I am very pleased. She's a great cook and her fridge is full. <laughs> then that's all that matters. Life the worst is, great. is when you're like... Oh, you're new look in the fridge. And you're like, there's nothing to eat. And it's That was us before the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's part of the reason why yesterday's Perfect. spread was so good. Perfect. Oh my gosh. Ugh. Ours was just a bunch of poke and Hawaiian plate stuff. That we went to Nico's to go pick up. No cooking. I'm we very were just lucky. like, let's go pick up all this stuff and, and then Again, there's still leftovers, so that is a good thing that I have lunch today. I'm very lucky because I did get to pick up stuff uh, as well. Uh, I was tasked with picking up drinks and snacks and chips. I can do that. That's very easy. And she took care of the like the, all the main course meals, and it was it was great. What um, did you have? We had chicken wing dip. She made these little sliders, which are like they're Ooh. they're these classic ones that she likes to make. Oh yeah, where, actually your picture, yeah, there was a lot of sliders in there. Yeah, she love she loves to make those sliders because they're quick and easy. It was really really good, and she's like, it's the Super Bowl. We need like burgers and hot dogs type of deal, but yeah. I don't feel like making burgers and hot dogs. <laughs> so it was like a perfect little combo of that. She always adds like onion and cheese and what it's like is very very good. Ooh. On top of that. We had like buffalo chicken strips. We had some popcorn chicken, uh, chips, candy, all that stuff. It was, it was a good spread yesterday uh, in our in our place. Sounds and now you have leftovers. How about you, Michael? What did you guys have? We had a lot. Uh, I don't even <laughs> think I ate everything on there. Um, pizza, uh, mozzarella sticks, fish sticks, some barbecue, some kalbi, um, Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Those are all uh, you know a lot of good things. Oh. Rice. Can't forget about rice. Oh, of course. Oh, you got to have the rice. You got to have the rice. Yeah. Wow. You Okay. So you actually went to the party party-ish. Yeah. I wanted the Chiefs to win. So I went to the house where the Chiefs have won all their Super Bowls. So, I mean, in, in this era. And sure enough, they won. So. Oh, I guess you're That's the good luck right charm. There. It's not Taylor Swift. You're the good luck charm for the Kansas City Chiefs. And that house is. Uh well yeah, I mean, <laughs> my, my mom my mom is a Kansas City Chiefs fan oh, re- nice. just recently just recently oh, okay. uh we got her her jersey for her birthday last year after Aww. the Super Bowl so uh yeah but I I think you know I w- not getting ahead but I don't know if the Chiefs are gonna be in there next year so 
Yeah, well, that's what we said this year, too. I know, right? That is what we said this year. And then Kadarius Tony was the... Maybe Kadarius Tony was the problem because he, he was like... Went on that weird rant like before the AFC Championship game and then he was like not active or whatever. And even for the Super Bowl, he was a healthy scratch from the game. So uh, And they did it without him. So that's the other impressive thing about the Kansas City Chiefs and that trio that is uh, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and Andy Reid is that... They'll have a different changeup in players. Like, we thought they couldn't win without Tyreek Hill. And then they go ahead and they win a couple of them. Back to back. Yeah, back to back without Tyreek Hill. But, you know, a lot obviously can be said about their defense. So that that's what made this, especially the first half, very, very fascinating. Because just defensively, like, the teams were just so competitive. And Brock Purdy actually looked really good. Like, I know a lot of people give him all this flack and whatnot. I think it's just because he has the Mr. Irrelevant hanging over his head. So people just want to harp on the fact that he is not that good. But this is the probably the first time I've watched him for this length of time, like actually watched him in a full game. I'm like, you know what? It's exactly what, you know, our Darnell Arsenal was kind of telling about us last week that Darnell is very impressed with Brock Purdy and just the way that he moves and the way that he reads the field. I mean, he had a lot of great passes so it's just that that Kansas City defense man was just so good where well and then they had a a touchdown pass their first touchdown pass was not even by Brock Purdy so that's kind of funny um and then Christian McCaffrey runs it in and he had an amazing game too so I think from that standpoint like even though the final score doesn't indicate it especially the first half score it was still a very interesting and entertaining game to watch if you are just a football fan and you love to watch how these both these teams played against each other so um but yeah both quarterbacks did did great obviously Patrick Mahomes MVP now he's officially in the Tom Brady discussion you know Tom Brady is the only quarterback that's in tweet oh my gosh yeah someone shared that oh Troy Aikman being put on blast uh tell all the for, people of what it what that was for those of you who don't know Troy Aikman tweeted out back I believe it was 2019 um and, and just quote tweeted a tweet about how uh Mahomes had like 58 percent of his touchdown passes in like 18 percent of his career games and Aikman kind of tongue-in-cheek quote tweets it and like talk to me when he has 33 percent of my Super Bowl wins um and now people obviously are going at him because Mahomes has three and uh well take a peek at that not not many people have three um so that was people having fun at Aikman's expense um albeit it's all in, in good jest and good fun I'm glad you bring up Brock Purdy though because I agree in a lot of ways where I've kind of been a hater of him. Hater is a strong word, but... Yeah, I don't think you've been I, a hater. I've been a doubter, right? Yeah. Where it's like, I look at him and he's just, he is not impressive, right? He's a seventh round pick, blah, 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 and all the things that you want to say about him. But at the <laughs> end of the day, he's a winner. And winning is a skill. And that is something that I feel very, very strongly about, is that as much as arm talent, throwing spirals, ball placement, all of that, those are all skills too. Knowing how to win is a skill. And this dude, mm-hmm. I mean, how many games has Brock Purdy won since taking over as a starter? He's got double-digit wins, less than what, six loss. I think yesterday was like his fifth loss as a starter yeah, or something. He's He is a very, very good quarterback, and I don't want that to go by the wayside. But on the other end, when you're going against potentially the most talented quarterback to ever strap up his cleats in this game, 
in Patrick Mahomes. And I say that in that sense and in that way for a reason because, uh, wow, this is hard for me to say. Obviously, Brady is the greatest of all time at this point. He's got the accolades to to prove it. He had the longevity to prove it. But that pure talent that Mahomes has, oh, yeah. you'd take over Brady, I think. It's just that Brady also, kind of like Brock Purdy, is straight up a winner, man. He just won and won and won. And that longevity part of it allowed for Brady to rack up all of those accolades. Now Mahomes, he's got a nice start to his career, but it's about that longevity as well. So that's why I say Mahomes, talent-wise, in my opinion, the greatest of all time, still has room to go in terms of accolades. I like how you said that. And I kind of chuckled when you talked about Brock Purdy because I I remembered a meme that I saw where it said... (laughs) Brock Purdy most likely to get dropped off around the corner at the Super Bowl. That's crazy. Because <laughs> just he has kind of like that cookie cutter look, yep. like Mom, don't drop me off in front of the school. So that's you why it embarrasses me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I that popped into my head when you started talking about it, and that's why I kind of chuckled a little bit because it, it made me laugh, literally laugh out loud when I first <laughs> saw it. Uh, no, but when you look at Patrick Mahomes, and again, just being the greatest quarterback of this generation, that's for that's sure. That's a good way to put it. And mentioning how. Even Tom Brady himself, when they had beat Patrick Mahomes, kind of came into the locker room after the game and said, you know, like, handing over the keys to you, and that's what we're seeing so far. And then it's just, it it sucks when you're on the other side, though, because it's giving me, you know, like, Michael Jordan, Chicago Bulls vibes, where people like Charles Barkley never got a ring because... (laughs) <laughs> you're going up against the greatest of all time. And I know that's a debate for another day on who's the NBA player, but Whatever. we can, we can split it up in generations, but it just makes me think of Michael Jordan. It's like, Oh, like, you know, he, Charles Barkley was a great player, but like you are going up against like the greatest player and the greatest team of that era and never being able to to win it all. And that's similar to Patrick Mahomes still being able to play the way that he plays. And yeah, we'll see how long this lasts because his style is very, very different from Tom Brady where Tom Brady really perfected just the being able to sit in the pocket, being smart that with his dink receiver. That dunk offense exactly. drives me crazy, so he perfected but it's so effective. It, and that's how he was able to play so long because he doesn't take a lot of hits. He doesn't run around that much when he attempted to catch a pass that he dropped in so clearly he's better <laughs> off uh, throwing the football so we'll see how long Patrick Mahomes like lasts in this entire time but yeah starting off your career three Super Bowls including back-to-back and already putting it out into the universe that you know or they're going for that three as well especially now that they can prove they can do it with just the three of them essentially and a great defense. So I, I don't want to get away from how good the Kansas City defense is this year, the best that they've had throughout their three Super Bowl teams. But you definitely need the offense to score points. So that, with that being said, it was still a very entertaining game. All right, uh, got to step aside. When we come back, we will get to the overtime portion and the overtime rules that one of the teams didn't really know what the rules were question mark we'll be right back on wake up in the den when i met you in the summer, wake up in the den with kule agbiani on the hawaii sports sound. radio network 95.1 fm and am 760 as the leaves turn brown 
Welcome back to all of you, the beautiful list of all the beautiful people. Let's wake up in the den. I'm Kule Ugbayani alongside Paul Brecht and Michael Lascaro recapping the Super Bowl, the very entertaining Super Bowl that was yesterday. Chiefs coming up on top in overtime, 25-22. And the fun fact, in case you guys didn't hear or realize it, is that Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, uh, was a part of the two overtime games that we've had in the Super Bowl. He was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons when the Patriots came back and beat them there. So, if that doesn't hurt, <laughs> I don't know what does to kind of put you in that fun fact land that we will always remember as being a head coach part of the two or the losing end, not just part of the two overtime games, but the losing end of both. And I want to bring that up with Kyle Shanahan because apparently, and this was reported by The Ringer, that he or the San Francisco 49ers team were never... I mean, I'm sure some players were just because if they study or follow the rules and stuff, but that they some players said after the game that they were not aware of the new overtime rules, which is basically both team gets a chance to have the ball where before the change, which the change was caused by the Kansas City Chiefs in a way um, (laughs) that before it would just be automatically sudden death. Now the overtime rules change where both teams get the ball and then you go to a sudden death if it has to continue. But so apparently the 49ers, some of the players were not aware of the new overtime rule changes. Uh, on the other hand, though, the, you know, Chris Jones with the Kansas City Chiefs had said that uh, they had already discussed the overtime rules and how to prepare for it back like in the beginning of the season. So the players on the Chiefs side were well aware of the overtime rules and they had already talked about different scenarios on what to do. Um, I believe it was Patrick that said even if they won the coin toss, like they would defer regardless just so that they knew what they needed. They would not start off with the ball. And I don't think Kyle Shanahan made a bad decision. Like you, it could go either way with, you know, starting with the ball. At least if you score the touchdown you for, and kick the extra point, you force the other team to go for two. Need a stop or, either yeah, way. Yeah, or in sudden death you get the ball first and then you can ultimately win the game. So either way, like it's, there's no wrong decision. Obviously, the 49ers were on the losing end, but that is kind of shocking to hear that the players weren't even aware or that the scenario wasn't discussed specifically because this is a situation that can happen for the playoffs. And I find that shocking, it's, again, considering that Kyle Shanahan was part of the other overtime game where the <laughs> rules were different. So now we have the new rules. Although also in the post game interview on CBS, speaking of not knowing the rules, Patrick Mahomes kind of threw Miko Hardman under the bus a little bit because he said that when Miko uh, caught the touchdown pass, he didn't celebrate right away. And he didn't know that the chiefs like won the game with that touchdown pass. So he kind of <laughs> like Miko was very like subdued and Patrick Mahomes was like, I had to go up to him and be like, we just won the Super Bowl," And he's like, Oh, I didn't know. You know, I think cause you're just, yeah. Thinking he said he kind of blacked out in that moment and you're just kind of thinking like, all right, we scored a touchdown. We probably got to kick a field goal. But knowing that, no, that's it. The game is over. We just won the bleep in Super Bowl. I can't believe that man. Shout out Nicole too. You remember the whole Oz thing with the Jets at the start of the year? He predicted the Jets would face off against the 49ers and the Jets would beat the Niners 31 21. 
first off, he was kind of close in the score prediction. 25-22 is not terribly far off from 31-21. I know people are probably telling me I'm dumb for that, but I'm, <laughs> it's simple truth. Also, Nicole uh, Hardman now joins Matt Snell as the only players to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl and play for the Jets in the same season. Jets haven't made the Super Bowl since. There's Paul's Super Bowl uh, reeling it back to to the It'll Jets. It'll always as we be the knew. Jets. He tweeted about it. He knew that he was going to find a way to Jets. insert the Jets into the Super Bowl discussion, and you're spot on with that. I I will always find a way uh, to mention my New York Jets, uh, who once again back to 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 back. However many to fourteen times off season champions, folks, were getting new uniforms next year too. So you know that's obviously the biggest news to come out of Sunday. <laughs> but no, uh, shout out to Nicole Hardman in a real note because it's tough to go from not playing on a team like the Jets where you struggle and they're trying to figure out your identity. You go to the Chiefs where you left and the Chiefs were trying to figure out their identity for a big part of mm-hmm. the year as well. And then finally to, to come up big in the biggest game of the year. It was very cool to see. Bad job by Kyle Shanahan once again in, in the Super Bowl where... Run the dang ball, man. Like, goodness gracious, you got a double-digit lead. You have Christian McCaffrey. For the love of God, please run the ball. <laughs> Just a little bit more. Take time off the clock. Keep Patrick Mahomes off the field on the other side. Keep Tom Brady off the field on the mm-hmm. other side. I mean, goodness gracious. And to be totally fair to him, it's taken the two greatest quarterbacks to ever suit up in football to beat him in overtime. <gasps> Daggers. But... At the same time, my goodness gracious, bad job by the 49ers to not be fully prepared for that. You need to think through every single situation and to not be prepared for overtime, especially mm-hmm. in the biggest game of the year, especially. I mean, the overtime playoff rules changed, what, two years ago after yeah, the Bills it's still Chiefs? relatively it's new. It's new. So it's not like it's this forgotten, oh, you know, these rules changed a decade ago and it's like this is their first overtime game. No, 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 no. You got to be ready for that. That was a bad job by them. My mom, who I've mentioned a few times, 49ers fan, she messaged in our family group chat. She said, how the heck does this happen? With a screenshot of the quotes from the 49ers players saying, yeah, we weren't really aware that the overtime rules were different. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I think it's the the first time um, that we've had these new set of rules since they changed it, though, Uh, because up to the um, currently, and it's different in the Regular season two, where a touchdown ends it, yeah. right? Yeah. So in this case, um, if the 49ers had scored a touchdown first, the game wouldn't have ended like how it did in the overtime game with the Atlanta Falcons, where you know mm-hmm. um, the Falcons never did get the ball back. But um, you know, I think at the end of the day, honestly, it came down to like uh, Coach Darnell said, special teams and who was the more healthy t- team at the end. You know, speaking of the Jets, you know, and Achilles tear or rupture whatever ruined their season and it ruined probably the 49ers season with Dre Greenlaw Greenlaw you know I think in the playoffs he's been dealing with uh, tendonitis in the Achilles and that's why he was kind of jumping up and down to kind of get it loose before it ultimately gave out on him Um, Debo Samuel his left hamstring was acting up George Kittle um, I think that's why he didn't get any much targets because he was kind of banged up too and the Chiefs just kind of had more had more down in the stretch you know Um, but yeah, Kyle Shanahan, you know, shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good call out by you, too, by the way, to bring up. Um, Dre the, Greenlaw, yeah. yeah. Um, especially considering Travis Kelsey really started to get loose in the second half. And in the first half, when the Chiefs were really sputtering along on offense, 
Big reason for that is you can't get the ball to your big star tight end and Trey Greenlaw going down, he would have probably gotten an assignment or, or at least been able to switch the assignment back and forth with Fred Warner and uh, makes a big time difference. So good job by you, Michael, to keep, uh, keep that in the spotlight as well because it was an exceptionally, exceptionally important time in the game. Yeah, and I also want to point out that the one consistent on the, the Chiefs Super Bowl runs um, in addition to Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and Andy Reid, is Chris Jones. Yes. He was the lone starter returning from the when they first played the 49ers about five years ago or so. And I think that's why the Chiefs are not going to 3 P is because he's going to chase a big bag, and he, they're not going to have him next year, I believe. So Where's he going? Somewhere that's going to drop the cash. Like, who's going to? Like, yeah. No, I agree, though, because I he's think good. he's very, very good. He deserves top of the league, like Aaron Donald type of money at mm-hmm. this point. And, um, I mean, the Chiefs, you can't feed all of these mouths over and over and over and over again. Eventually, the uh, the well runs dry. You gotta got to reset it a little bit. But also that Super Bowl revenue might help uh, for <laughs> one, one more year. Hey, let's run it back, buddy, one more time and then. That's three-peat. Come on. And then you can go and get your separate ways. Yeah, just, you want, well, I don't know. He's already won a few, so. Yeah, he doesn't like, need right, more. Yeah, I want to get paid. Like, I don't, like, maybe he doesn't have, yeah, the same type of aspirations as Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey where they're just like, we want to get this three-peat. Chris Jones is like, you know what? I play on defense, so I need to get chase this bag, too. Not, either decision is fine. Mahomes and Kelsey also have been paid a lot better Exa- but than that's what I mean Jones, like he's like fair, I need to so. get paid yes I he, think he wants his respect you know because uh, right yeah. now he's looked out as the second defensive tackle behind Aaron Donald but he's not Aaron Donald so he's not getting that respect like um you know it's kind of like Von Miller after the Rams beat mm. the Bengals you know he wanted to go I mean for sure he got paid by the Bills but he <laughs> wanted to go to um Buffalo because if he stayed with the Rams and won another one he's just going to be that second fiddle to Aaron Donald and for, you know, it's kind of like when, when uh, Kobe and Shaq, they broke up, but they both won on their own. And I think Chris Jones needs a championship without the big three of Andy Reid, Mahomes, and, and Travis Kelsey to establish himself as one of the premier interior defensive linemen in the game. I can see that. Although I would also want to win, for sure. <laughs> and Patrick Mahomes gives me the best chance to win. But actually, speaking of Patrick, though, how we kind of you kind of mentioned it a little bit, Paul. Uh, just the struggles that the Chiefs had, especially in that first half. I mean, he could not escape the pocket at all. Like San Francisco was on their tail the entire time, and that's why it was frustrating for the Kansas City Chiefs, where they haven't, they didn't score. We mentioned the entire first quarter, and then when that whole fumble thing happened with Isaiah Pacheco in the red zone, that's why Travis Kelsey's frustrated because things offensively were not clicking for the Chiefs. So San Francisco was doing what they needed to do to contain Kansas City at the time. But as we all know, there are two halves and that's exactly what happened with the Chiefs because like I mentioned earlier, the first half score was only 10 to 3. So Kansas City, you know, San Francisco able to contain Kansas City to just three points in the first half, which is something that just as football fans were not used to to seeing so it was there. It was within their grasps for the San Francisco 49ers. But unfortunately, it did not work out for them in overtime. Good job, Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> Again, I don't think it could have gone either way. It was still an entertaining game. But uh, nonetheless, the Chiefs repeat as Super Bowl champs. All right, when we come back, uh, we'll talk about the other fun stuff that were the prop bets.
that hit and maybe didn't hit in the Super Bowl. Uh, when we come back on Wake Up in the Den. Wake Up in the Den with Kuale Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Dance party. As it always is. I got more room to work today. (laughs) Or wake up in the den. Kule Agbayani, Paul Brecht, and Michael Lascaro. Be sure to chime in and you guys can text us at 808-888-KGU1. That's 808-888-5481. All right. We kind of talked all about the game and whatnot, but it's time for some fun. As we mentioned earlier, with the final score being 25-22, it teetered, depending on where people got it, uh, teetered right on that total. Uh, So total was 47 of the final score, but... The line was set at 47 and a half for majority of the week leading up to the Super Bowl, but then closing at 46 and a half. So depending on what side people got on, it was a very good day or an unfortunate day as well. But taking a look at some of the prop bets uh, going through Reba McIntyre's national anthem goes over the 86 and a half seconds and she I feel like she stretched out like the final portion of the song for like 12 seconds so easily over um by the way it was a good national anthem she sounded amazing I loved it so much I didn't know this was a prop where uh if she would sing the national anthem acapella or not which she did not but it sounded beautiful was it Chris Jones that they showed on camera crying yeah okay I was like wait someone did drop it was like perfect tears too like right with the perfect close-up, closed or blinked a little bit, and then both tears ran down his face. And I'm like, oh, there's the moment. The production team yesterday did a really nice job. I will mm-hmm. give, I have to, my my little nerd self um, <laughs> has to give that credit. I mm-hmm. think I texted it in either our group chat or maybe a group chat with friends. I said the CBS music, like the bump music guy, was in his bag yesterday. He was, every time they went to break, after some, after the uh, 49ers touchdown, the first one where it was the tr- uh, trick play, they played trickery going into the break, which is Ooh. like, it, it was just very, very good music choices. They did an awesome job with their camera work yesterday. So for all of my production nerds and TV out there, I love you. You do an awesome job. It doesn't go unnoticed because yesterday's production from that standpoint was phenomenal. I didn't get a chance to watch on Nickelodeon, though I, I did, did here. I was, heard it was good. It was I heard good. it was fun. I heard I heard Noah Eagle and everyone did like an amazing job there. But you, did you get a chance to see it, I just it, saw some highlights. Uh, best one was Dora explaining penalties. Oh, I saw that one too. That was good. <laughs> Where yeah. are we going? Back five yards. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. I, I must say, I did see a clip. Actually, I don't think it was the penalty. I think it was Dora explaining something else. But I'm like, this is fabulous. Like, that's an easy way for kids to learn about football and like good on you again, good on you NFL. Cause they are always looking for ways to capitalize on getting more fans. And that's why they keep growing faster than any of the other professional leagues. All right. Going back to the props though. Halftime show. We talked about a little bit earlier with Usher. Uh, first song you don't have to call. And last song was yeah with special guests. And he did not sing my favorite song. I am still sad <laughs> about it. He did not sing my way. I'm like I was devastated when that came to an end and I'm like how dare you not sing my way Usher I knew you were sad because I think you tweeted about it and texted us about it 
So that was, that moment, I was like, oh man, Koo is really broken up about I this. I so sad. It's like my favorite song and my favorite favorite music video by Usher as well. So I was a little bummed about that. Um, one of the prop bets also, he did not wear sunglasses. That was another uh, prop. Uh, guest, first guest performer, Alicia Keys, which was really good. There was a lot of jokes about that with, you know, Alicia being married to Swizz Beats and uh, they got a little comfy, Usher and Alicia. So uh, they were, a lot of social media was like, man, like I would be on that stage if Usher was hugging my girl like that. Yeah, well, you're not uh, married to Alicia Keys. Yeah. So <laughs> like Sorry. most of the time they understand it's performance yeah. and, and as much as it looks weird and it does uh to regular people like us it's it's performance it's She's entertainment so gorgeous, they are, by the way. oh my goodness gracious i was like yes queen rocket and like oh my goodness like her all red bodysuit and she looks amazing and she's still doing like the very minimal makeup thing that i love her for as well and she doesn't even need it. She's so gorgeous. And they, you know, she got a little uh, solo part on her own. And then Usher joins in and they sing My Boo, which is a song I really, really like as well. But it was awesome to see Alicia Keys on the stage. I think my mom probably would have wanted, wanted her to perform a little longer. But <laughs> nonetheless, Alicia was there for a little bit. And then as anticipated, we got Lil John also on there for Yeah, which was my favorite song, which is me, which is me like dancing in my living room. I was like, all right. Warming up for the dance party. Got it. You know, like I got to stretch it out a little bit. When, My body's sore today. From yeah. Dancing. Oh. <laughs> because I mean, when I was at Hyper Squad, when I used to dance, we actually did a routine to yeah. And it all kind of came back to me. And I was it was kind of dancing around there to my choreography. And, you know, my other half is just basically like, don't hurt yourself. But like, can't put, can't make any promises. But it was still fun nonetheless. Same. L- literal exact same. The other half said, don't hurt yourself over here. <laughs> but she had no issue filming me and recording to make sure. Uh, Luckily, I wasn't recording. See that I uh, was having a good time. Usher, though. Usher and Alicia. And I think Ludacris came out for yeah, yeah. as well. So, I mean, an awesome performance. I told you guys in our group chat, um, the only one recently Super Bowl halftime show that was comparable to this was 2022, which I know our Michael Lascaro enjoyed that Super Bowl as well. I don't know. I liked Rihanna. She was great. I'm a, I'm a huge Rihanna fan. I don't want to say that she so. wasn't great. Rihanna's good. But <laughs> yeah. it's that we got everybody else. It was Rihanna by herself. It's that we got all of these performers. Rihanna don't need nobody. She doesn't <laughs> need nobody. But she had a baby with her. Uh, oh, yeah. True, oh, true. She that did is have true. a baby with that her. That was the special guest that Rihanna had for her Super Bowl performance. No, she rocked out last year, too. I don't want that <laughs> this to come off as hate towards her. But to have all of these elite people together singing performing the way that they were i i enjoyed it very very much like you said kind of reminiscent of the la super bowl and that whole that was amazing too with all of those people right yeah dr dre Dre. (laughs) yeah 50 cent hanging upside down (laughs) although i did start to see more memes and stuff and this is this is why it's funny paul because you're a lot younger than me and like a few years younger than michael where i saw like a lot of the jokes were when you re- when when you get excited about the Super Bowl halftime show and then you realize you're that older target demo and I'm like dang it because I remember back in the day like for a Super Bowl they had like the Who and at that time I'm like who is the Who like what who are these who are they getting for the Super Bowl like this is lame and then <laughs> and now I'm like oh no I'm the target demo of the artist that they're bringing in for the Super Bowl because a lot of the 
definitely the I don't know what gen you call them now, but the ones like in high school or, you know, they don't know who Usher or maybe they know Usher because he still releases music, but they don't know half the songs that he was probably singing. Hopefully they do because that was good. I didn't. (laughs) Daggers. Oh, oh no. No, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Michael from the top rope. But (laughs) but props. The uh, Gatorade was purple. Yes, the Gatorade was purple, which it was delayed. So that was the funny thing where people were like, oh, I guess there's no Gatorade. The no no bath is going to hit. And it was delayed. It was purple. By the way, shout out to our VSIN people because they did say purple. So somehow inside information. I was going to say, they how were the sharing that. even know that? I don't know. But somehow they said purple. And if for everyone that listens to our national programming, you're welcome. Uh, because that's what they said. All right. Uh, before we kind of get through some of the other props that were in the game, such as like just the player prop overs, we do need to step aside. But remember, we are continuing the show for another hour. So we'll talk or continue our conversation about the prop bets, get into some of the commercials because that's always fun too. But we will be right back. So don't go anywhere on Wake Up in the Den. Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani, Paul Brecht, and Michael Lascaro. Our number two. Our number two. I'm excited because there was just so much to talk about with the Super Bowl, and we will definitely get into local sports that happened over the weekend as well. And that's why we're doing a two-hour show today. If you guys want to chime in on the show, text us at 808-888-KGU1. That's 808-888-5481. If you missed any portion of our two-hour show today, you can always listen on demand at hawaiisportsradio.com or wherever you get most podcasts. All right, we left off uh, talking about some of the player props for the Super Bowl so we ended with just the halftime discussions and everything. Some of the um, player props, first touchdown scorer is usually a big one that everyone likes to play. Christian McCaffrey, obviously. Um, but the interesting thing is that the pass to Christian McCaffrey came from Juwan Jennings, which I'm sure nobody or maybe what did I text you guys? It was like a. 250 I think to one on Jawan Jennings like to throw a touchdown pass it was something ridiculous that feels that about right might have been 2500 to one I think it was plus 2500 okay or, yeah, no 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 what was it it was 250 I, there yeah, was it, some it, it was crazy something crazy numbers. for Jawan Jennings anytime touchdown scores McCaffrey Jawan Jennings Marquez Valdez Scantling and of course Miko Hardman Final touchdown score, as we know, Miko Hardman. Patrick Mahomes going over a lot of everything. So over one and a half touchdowns thrown, over 262 and a half yards passing. He ended up with 333 yards. And I got it. Uh, I went back in our text because it was Rich Eisen who had tweeted <laughs> yeah. out the question uh, of don't don't normally pay attention to this stuff. But what are the odds of Jawan Jennings throwing the first touchdown pass? So Anybody other than Brock Purdy throwing a first touchdown pass was plus 250,000. Jesus. Yeah. Congrats if anybody wanted to just sprinkle a little bit on those odds, which I wouldn't put it past people. It is I the Super Bowl. I did see a couple of tickets that <sighs> that hit somehow. And so I know a lot of people think those are fake. Um, a little look behind the mirror. Uh, I My old roommate here and one of my best friends from college works for... Um, 
the the social media side of yeah. those um, accounts, those betting accounts, people send in those random tickets all like they have hundreds oh, yeah. of thousands of screenshots of people's bets that just never hit. That the fact that some of them do hit, I know people are like, "Oh, no way, somebody bet this." There's a reason people have gambling problems. There's a reason you can call. <laughs> There's 1-800 a reason you gambler. like to sprinkle on the crazy odds, though, and that's why you do it so that you Correct. can win. You put like five put bucks, a, right? You put You're five dollars, like... not five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Although there were quite a few million dollar plus bets that went in on the actual game itself. For the most part, I mean, the fans won. There were a lot of uh, bets going in on Kansas City. Uh, the sports books would have wanted it to be in San Francisco's favor, but nonetheless, Kansas City. I know Jeffrey Benson from our friends at Circa had posted that they had gotten a million-dollar bet that came in, and that's the kind of stuff that was happening in Las Vegas. Uh, the The thing with the prop bets, though, a lot of the... So you can get a lot of the in-game prop stuff at your regulated slash legal sports books a lot of the other things are usually on the offshore books like your you know um halftime stuff the gatorade stuff just because there's a lot of room for things to get leaked obviously just like our friends at vsin kind of knew about the purple gatorade somehow so uh, a lot of these player props that's how it is but over patrick mahomes pretty much everything 36 and a half attempts 26 and a half yards rushing which he kind of took over Smoked the game it. in the the fourth quarter. I was like, "What is he going basically on?" Beat that with one rush. I mean, he was the leading half. rusher yeah. for the team. He was he had sixty six yards, and right behind him was Isaiah Pacheco with fifty nine. So, Patrick Mahomes leading rusher for the Kansas City Chiefs and going way over the uh, total. Brock Purdy, on the other hand, under one and a half touchdowns thrown. Duh. I know Daggers 249er fans, uh, but over the 247 and a half yards passing, he finished with 255. Easily. So good thing we went to overtime. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, over 30 and a half pass attempts, under 12 and a half yards rushing. He had oh, 12. The hook. Oh, the hook. The hook, hook always you gets there. you. 12 yards rushing uh, under half interceptions so see clean football uh george kittle under this is where we were talking about michael was where uh, some of their players are a little banged up george kittle all unders under 50 and a half yards receiving under three and a half catches which is something that would be kind of shocking i feel like that would in a big game you're like oh yeah george kittle totally over well, you force but, feed the ball yeah. to your best players typically but under even debo samuel everything under 58 and a half yards receiving under four and a half catches, under 21 and a half yards, longest catch. Brandon Ayuk, all under. So this is the crazy thing when you look at the 49ers, everything under. Oh, man. Brandon Ayuk, all of the main things under. Rishi Rice, under. And then you look at Kansas City, Travis Kelsey, over 70 and a half yards receiving, over six and a half uh, catches, over 20 and a half yards, longest catch. <laughs> My goodness. Oh, well. Post-game props. Those defenses. I, I, I'm glad we did end up giving some props to the de- <laughs> joke. Sorry, props to the defense. Um, giving credit to both defenses because I know we talked ad nauseum about Mahomes and Kelsey and Reed, but it really is the best Chiefs defense of the entire Mahomes era, and those numbers in themselves kind of prove that because 
if you talk about the 49ers, and I'm sure this is a dagger to to our Michael Lascaro, of they've built the Avengers around Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. Like he has superstar talent around him. So to keep all of that in their unders is a truly unspeakable task that they somehow accomplished. Yeah. It's defense. Defense wins championships. Yeah, it's the old uh, yeah. old adage, <laughs> right? sells tickets. Defense wins championships. Post-game props. Uh, we mentioned this earlier. Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl MVP. And the Gatorade color on winning coach Andy Reid was purple, albeit it was a little delayed, but still purple nonetheless. Commercials. This is the fun part. Uh, the result of Gronk's kick in his Kick of Destiny 2 FanDuel commercial was a miss. That was kind of funny. It, it, <laughs> it was, was like funny. Total, they totally did it up, and that was an entertaining commercial. Obviously, Gronk built it up leading up to the commercial. That, that's why he is a tight end and not a kicker, because I totally could have made that kick. Easy peasy. Like, come on, Gronk. Um, let's see. Soccer star. I didn't know this would this would have been in one of the prop bets that were out there on the market. A soccer star, Leo Messi, appeared in a commercial before David Beckham. <laughs> I guess you could bet on that. Uh, Leo Messi was in the Michelob Ultra commercial and David Beckham in his Uber Eats commercial with Posh Spice. Uh, actress Aubrey Plaza was in the Mountain Dew commercial and appeared in a commercial before Jenna Ortega, which was Doritos. Uh, in the Nerds, who is Addison Ray coaching commercial, Ray was coaching other and it was the nerds gummies. I actually really enjoyed that commercial because it was like the big gummy and then all <laughs> the nerds like go on top of them. I was like, this commercial's fun. Uh, one of my other. All right. So this is kind of a funny story. So I mentioned how I was in or on the big island over the weekend and I was staying with my auntie and my auntie was telling us about. I mean, not telling us, but just showing my mom all the stuff that she brought on Temu. Uh, I haven't bought anything on Temu yet. My mom is like, after my auntie was telling her about it, she's like, oh, and then my mom was like, downloaded the Temu app and was looking at it. I counted five commercials that Temu had during the Super Bowl. Five. And the irony in that is that the Temu commercial was all about shopping like a billionaire. And I'm like, they they just like it felt like they were spending like over a billion dollars in Super Bowl ads. Like the fact that it kept coming up, I'm like, that's Temu again. There's another commercial. Five was my unofficial count of Temu commercials. 30 second ads for this year's Super Bowl are worth $7 million, by the way. seven. So take that into, into account. If we would just do quick math here, Jeez. five commercials times $7 million is $35 million. Jeez, Temu. Shop like a billionaire. Yeah. They have dirt on the NFL or something. They they know the script writers. They have the proof that they could have put out. And they said, you're going to give us five Super Bowl commercials or we're going to tell the public about the real <laughs> script writers. <laughs> uh, one of the other favorite ones I liked, um, well, we mentioned Leo Messi. I like that they had some of the previews for a couple of movies that look really good, like the Wicked movie and Twister. I think twister the first twister came out though before paul was born maybe before michael was born too i don't know but definitely before paul was born i think the original twisters movie so that was pretty cool probably it seemed collectively on social media one of the fan favorites was the dunkings commercial with that was funny yeah with jennifer lopez so she was like auditioning the dance group 
and it was a dance group led by her husband and actor Ben Affleck. But it made it more funny because you have like Ben Affleck doing the whole Boston. uh, I mean, he's from there. So he did the whole persona with the accent and everything that we're not used to, to seeing. And then you had his one of his best friends, Matt Damon, was in it. Tom Brady was in it like top to bottom. Like that commercial was hilarious because you have, you know, Jennifer Lopez being like, Mm, what are these guys doing and then at the end she's like Tom you can stay when she's kind of like the rest of the dance group can go she's like Tom referencing Tom Brady you can stay (laughs) that was my I think that was probably my favorite commercial like thinking back on yesterday because there were some really good ones but that one I I laughed at like a a full belly laugh at at that (laughs) one type of deal where you know the the Santa Claus jolly laugh That was a good one. Do you, I was like, what was your favorite, Michael, or which one do you remember of one of your favorite commercials? I think I fell asleep. Or I went <laughs> to the, the bathroom during that uh, Jennifer Lopez commercial. Oh. I don't know. I wasn't really too big into commercials this year. I, I did like, uh, I, I didn't get a chance to actually check out the Deadpool full trailer, but Deadpool was pretty cool. Ooh, yeah. Like the, I like the movie trailers. Um, Yeah. Um, not much on a big commercial guy. I used to be one of those that, oh, you got to sit through the commercials, but ah. Uh, it just becomes entertaining after a while. And, well, nowadays, too, you can just, like, look at, um, go on whatever Google search and then say top 10 commercials, and then you can watch them all. Like, yeah. they, they have them all up online. Uh, what are the other ones? I thought the Uber Eats one with Jennifer Aniston and David Schwimmer was kind of funny because it was basically, you know, they're co-stars on Friends, and David Schwimmer is, like, trying to say hi to her, and she's like, do I know you from somewhere? And it's, like, the whole bit again. I feel old, though, because a lot of the kids watching, all the young Swifties are like, who are these people, Mom and Dad? <laughs> I hope not. I know those. <laughs> you do, but... I, um, ugh, I guess young kids, I'm starting to age out of that. <laughs> Probably the one that went, quote unquote, viral via my uh, girls chat with my two friends that are mm, just barely, I don't even think they are football fans, but they're going to watch the Super Bowl, uh, was the Beyonce releasing like <laughs> dropping new music and everything like break the internet yeah she, basically so my my girlfriends are like texting me like oh my gosh all this beyonce stuff like it was just going off they were so excited and she's like i'm gonna go find this song now she dropped two songs and da, 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 da. and it was just it was so awesome to see because uh, she's my friend that's more of like the beyonce i mean i love beyonce but as you guys know i'm more like i a swifty like i'll anticipate her new albums coming out and so it was fun to see like one of my best friends kind of have her moment and like get so excited about Beyonce. And then they showed Beyonce up in the box and she looked another person just look gorgeous. I swear she does yeah. not age. She's amazing. And that was probably one of the, yes, the break the internet moment where Beyonce drops new music during the Super Bowl, And it was, it was awesome. I still kind of wish Usher brought out Justin Bieber. He was there. I saw a video that he was in the suite with his wife, uh, Haley, and they were like vibing to, Usher during the halftime show because I was thinking about that too. I'm like, that would have been so cool if Justin Bieber came out. Also, 14 year old Paul hearing 24 year old Paul say that would probably slap 24 year old Paul. But um, <laughs> I, I got something for you, younger me. Respect greatness because <laughs> that song is greatness. Oh, I love it. All right. Uh, Got to step aside. When we come back, we will switch gears entirely and get back to everything that happened here in Hawaii with all of the local sports that took place within the last few days. We'll be back on Wake Up in the Den.
Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Ku'ule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Speaking of Rihanna, <laughs> welcome back to Wake Up in the Den. Ku'ule Agbayani, Paul Brecht, and Michael Lascaro. All right, talked a ton about the Super Bowl. I feel like more things will come out and we'll continue to talk about it throughout the rest of the week because you know what it's football uh by the way shout out to our team here we're in studio maybe we'll take a selfie after this uh we are all came like no no pre-planning i didn't even notice <laughs> but we this. all came representing our nfl teams this morning uh i am wearing my chicago bears hat michael when i first saw him i was like hey same idea because he was donning his la rams hat and paul brecht has a New York Jets shirt on this morning. So we all were thinking the same thing. I was like, you know what? Super Bowl's done. It's bear season once again. <laughs> so- yeah, listen, the Chiefs had their time. <laughs> now it's ours. Okay, we got to remember to take a selfie after this. Of course. So that we can share it with all the beautiful people on social media where you can follow us at High Sports Radio. Okay. So coming back home to Hawaii from the Ninth Island to our main islands here in Hawaii, a lot of state championships went on throughout the weekend. Uh, we'll start first with, you guessed it, Mililani. <laughs> Mililani beats Iolani 1-0 to win the Motivate Foundation Boys Soccer Division One State Championship. Woohoo! Soccer school. With redemption from last year and taking a title away from Iolani. Thank you very much, which we will get to more of that discussion in just a little <laughs> bit. Uh, but no, shout out Mililani. Justin Tilton scored the game-winning goal on a header in the 69th minute, and it is their first state title since 2015 in Division Two. Shout out to Island School beating Kamehameha School's Hawaii 1-0 to win their first state title in school history. So that's something to be very much celebrated. Uh, Sawyer Rogoff scored the lone goal for the Voyagers in the 59th minute and assisted by William Buford. So shout out, especially shout out to Minilani. That's why I had to start off with that you guys already knew what's up uh if you guys want some uh, the re the full recaps of the game and photos then you can go to our friends at scoringlive.com i think it was kalani huh that wrote the recaps i kind of skimmed through some of those and cj that took a lot of the photos so shout out scoring live go to scoringlive.com for the recaps for boys soccer going over to girls basketball now marino dropping down a division but at least it worked out. They win their first state title in girls basketball since 1978, 46-33 over Hanalani. Uh, before we get to, I'll probably, Michael was out at the game, so can give us a little bit of the insight of what transpired. But before we uh, recap the game, here is what head coach Chico Furtado had to say about their win. First Marino championship since 1978. How does it feel? Oh, it's good. It's great. I'm glad. Glad for my my team, my seniors. You know, uh, you know, we missed it last year. It was heartbreaking for our two seniors that graduated. And we wanted to give our chance for our this year's seniors to uh, experience the state tournament. They answered the call, and it's great. I love it. I think for you, you're 0-6 in the state title game. I think 0-3 Kalaheo at the girls and 0-3 Marino. What does it feel to get the monkey off your back? Why you got to bring that up for it? It's not about me, man. It, you know, we, We've had great teams in the past. I've always told our team, I say, when you come here, you have to be prepared to play your best game in the, at the end. 
And today, for the first half, for actually three, two, two and a half quarters, we did it. And I told him at halftime, I said, same thing's going to happen. You have to be able to play. And we made some plays in the third quarter, hit some big shots. And uh, so, it's, I mean, it's nice. But it's about that group right there. It's about that group of, of players uh, that really persevered throughout the season. So, Your defense really came alive in that fourth quarter. I think they didn't even score a point until, like, later on in the quarter. And you guys kind of took advantage there, took that five-point lead. What was the key in the fourth quarter? No, I think defense has been our key all year. Yeah, everybody talk, they look at us as a three-point shooting team. And we scored in the 60s. And we hit 10 threes a game. But it starts with the defensive end. We needed to make sure that, you know, Ilana didn't get off uh, uh, like she did the last couple. I don't know what she ended up with. She's a tough player. Uh, some of their other kids hurt us with penetration and stuff. But when I, I told the kids at halftime, I said, it's going to start in the defensive end. And they answered the call. We got some stops. We finally hit a couple shots. Becca hit a big three to go up eight when we were up five. Uh, and then at that point, we kind of spread it out and, and hit some free throws down the stretch. So it was awesome. Isabella, one of your seniors, she was battling foul trouble tonight, but everybody else stepped up. Talk about this whole collective group. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. My guess kids off the bench. We, we lost Janelle Yap last night, one of our seniors, right? Uh, she she uh, separated her shoulder, so she's out. We got Thin, Skylar Wu, Becca Lumke, Zoe, uh, uh, Zoe Silva, all coming off the bench to help us uh, when, when Bella got in foul trouble. So it, it's uh, definitely a team effort. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was happy with that. Yeah. Uh, last question. What was what was key tonight compared to the, the last two times you guys played him in the season? Oh, they're better. Oh, yeah, they're better. That team is better. Uh, the first time we beat them, Atlanta didn't hardly play. That was our first game back from injury. The second time we played them at their place, we did okay. We were up 18 late, and they come to cut it to 12. But this thing was nip and tuck all the way through. And that team is better. Well coached. Charlie Harris, my, my hat's off to him. He's a great coach. He, he, that team is from the start of the season to now, probably I would rate as the most improved. Um, and we, I, I think, I told our kids before the game, I said, look, you cannot, don't think this is the same team you played in the season. It's not. You can make one mistake, you do that. And unfortunately for the first half, we kind of slept off to that. So it took a little while, but they came alive and, and it was good. And that was Michael Escarol catching up with head coach, or head coach of Marino Girls Basketball, Chico Furtado. And here is senior guard Isabella Arriscado. How does it feel like right now? It feels amazing. I mean, I'm just so proud of everybody. I'm so grateful for everybody. And I'm so proud of all the girls. We've been through so much highs and so much lows. <laughs> and I, I couldn't have been more grateful for everybody. It feels super good to be able to accomplish this. I mean, I don't think Chico has ever won um, a state championship on the girls' side. So we're, I'm super happy we got that for him. I know in the offseason, you guys made the, uh, made, had to move down to Division Two. I know some of the girls didn't want that, you know, yeah. maybe. But, you know, Hannah Lani, they, they kind of gave you guys all you guys could handle in the, the state tournament and, and the state championship game. Um, talk about the hard work that you guys put in this year. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely um, a big a difference coming down to D2. But to be honest, I mean, these teams are great. I mean, D1 or D2, all the teams we played were great. And they had a lot of skill. We They were super competitive. And Hanalani definitely gave it to us. Um, I was super proud of the girls from for bouncing back. And yeah, it was just, we, we wanted to work hard. And we wanted we knew that just because we moved down to D2, it wasn't going to be easy. You know, we every game we thought to ourselves, we're playing against ourselves. We're not playing against, you know, HBA or Hanalani. Um, you guys... Um 
Well, you you guys the leading score, but you guys in the, you had um some setting up with some foul trouble. Yes. Uh, but your teammates had your back. Talk about yeah. the the whole group coming together. And and I think uh, Yap got hurt too last yeah, night. Yeah. So talk about the whole group coming together tonight in this final game. Yeah. So it was a really big loss. Um, losing Janelle. I mean, she's a super big part of our team. She's a senior. She's a starter. She got she puts up some good points and she makes big shots for us. Um, so coming into this game, we knew we weren't going to have her. We knew that everyone else had to step up. Some players off the bench were going to play more. And um, it was just, it was super good. One thing about our team is that we, we knew that we were going to have to pick each other up. With the lack of depth and the lack of size on our team, we knew that we were all going to be have to be there for each other. You know, someone's having an off night, you know, pick them up. That's just kind of what we're all about. Talk about the defense in the, the second half in that fourth quarter because they really didn't get anything going offensively. Yeah, so um, I think a lot of their points in the first half came from free throws and us fouling too much. So in the second half, you know, we kind of locked down a little bit more. We told ourselves we weren't going to foul and we were going to be more um, disciplined on defense. And I think it really helped us out. It worked in our favor. That was Marinol senior guard Isabella Arascado uh, putting up 13 points for the Spartans as in their win 46-33 over Hanalani to claim the Division II Girls Basketball State Championship. Uh, Michael, what are maybe some of the highlights that you've noticed from that game? Yeah, I, I you know, give credit to Hanalani for for hanging in there. You know, they Marino took a 7-0 lead to start the game, and it seemed like it was going to be a blowout with all the three-pointers that they were hitting. But Hanalani fought back. I think they also got a steal on the very last possession and, and forced um, or got to the line to hit some two, to hit two free throws to go up twenty two to twenty one at halftime, and you know you you guys heard it me when I kind of gave uh, Coach Chico some rubs where he's saying he's zero and six in the in the final, but you know they 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 came to play in the second half defensively, and that was the difference. Is um outside outside of Ilana Klemp for Hanalani, they really couldn't figure it. Marino's defense out and Coach Chico said it. That everyone thinks that they're a run and gun team shooting uh, 10 three pointers a game or making 10 three pointers a game, but their defense really was set the tone because it would think it was 32 to 27 heading into the fourth quarter. And Hanalani struggled to score down the stretch. And eventually Marino, you know, hit some shots and, and they pulled away for the victory. So shout out to Coach uh, Chico. Shout out to Marino. I know they're um, been, I think that's the first title since 19. 19- 78. Mm-hmm. I think uh, everybody in this room wasn't born yet, so that that's, that's, that's a long time. That is a long time. And yeah, in girls basketball, because they won boys a couple of times somewhat recently. Uh, but on the flip side, and, and we'll see if they move up back up to Division One because... Again, this is Division Two, but on the flip side, in Division One, Iolani coming up on top over Kamehameha Schools Kapalama, 39-38 in overtime so that was a huge win for the Raiders it is their fifth straight title in girls basketball and ninth overall that's why I kind of made that little joke uh, when I mentioned Midilani beating Iolani in uh, boys soccer because like they they can't have more state titles dang it they already have the five straight in girls basketball you talk about a dynasty I mean what Dean Young has been able to sustain there at Iolani is more than impressive that's a new record is it not uh five straight state championships won by the same program i think i had I one so. of our fellow hawaii beat um writers i was chatting with them saturday night and i'm pretty sure that i, I was told pardon me told that but uh yeah i mean five in a row is it's it's we talk in the nfl about how hard it is to go back to back a three p mm-hmm. i mean you barely ever see those in any sport and five in a row, I mean, 
talk about the Bulls, right? Yeah. The the Michael Jordan Bulls won six in eight years or whatever. Five in a row is un, almost unheard of. Yeah. And hey, Kamehameha Schools gave them a rub, but nonetheless, Raiders fought it out and came out with the win. Yeah, I think one thing to point out about this five in a row is I think they won two before the pandemic and three after the pandemic. So to go from almost like two arrows, you know, we talk about the Michael Jordan Bulls where they they want, they had a 3P and a 3P. It's almost similar. And for those in the know and those that follow the team, they're probably going to win um, that during that COVID year in, in 2021, I believe. Because that would have been uh, Lily Wahini Kapo's senior year, and they had a stacked squad, you know. <laughs> so, technically, there could be a lot more. I know, right? We think back to it, and you're like, yeah, they probably would have won that year, too. I'm glad you pointed that out, Michael, because, yeah, five in a row. Uh, when I was at Mililani, the boys' soccer team won four in a row. Well, it was my the freshman year was their second year, so it was the, the sophomore class uh, that won they didn't know what it was like to lose the entire time that they were playing boys soccer there at Midulani to go four in a row. Shout out Jeff Yamamoto uh, building that dynasty at that time. And it was our senior year when the boys did not win the state title. So I was like, great. <laughs> that makes it look great. That this, is, this is where the streak ends of four in a row state soccer titles Ugh. at Midulani. But again, we, I, we always chuckle, as I mentioned. We like to, you know take a knock on some of these successful private schools here but at the end of the day I mean that is impress- impressive for what Dean Young has been able to do there at Iolani but Kamehameha almost there close but had a no, chance yeah had, had a, a chance, chance at the horn had a chance over time all right when we come back we will continue giving you updates of the state tournaments that went on over the weekend including where i was on saturday at the hawaiian airlines canoe paddling state championship so we'll be right back on wake up in the den Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den, our number two special two-hour show today because there was so much to recap over the weekend. I am Kule Agbayani alongside Paul Brecht and DJ Mike G on the ones and twos, but that's not really ones and twos. All right. Uh, thanks to you for everyone sticking around to for hour number two. Again, if you miss hour number one or any part of the show, you can listen on demand at hawaiisportsradio.com or wherever you get your podcast. And you can text into the show if you want at 808 KGU1, that's 808-888-5481. All right, we're recapping a lot of the state tournament action that happened over the weekend. I was on the Big Island in Hilo uh, covering the Hawaiian Airlines Canoe Paddling State Championships. My first time uh, going out to cover that at Hilo Bay. I've been to it a couple of times at Keahi Lagoon. And I must say, like, you know, obviously we love our island. We love Oahu. But if there's something, just like we talk about the Super Bowl hopefully being in Las Vegas more often than not. Uh, I feel like this paddling state championships like should be in Hilo, in Hilo Bay, like every single year. It's just it's there's something about regattas in Hilo Bay. And maybe it's because I grew up going to regattas there. But it's just it's so much better. And then you have like 
you know, just the backdrop of everything. And you just pretty much just like feel the mana there in Hilo versus Ke'ehi Lagoon. I know traveling is a lot easier for some of the Oahu schools to be here, but it was awesome to to see it uh, in Hilo Bay. But uh, congratulations. <laughs> we have to congratulate Iolani once again. <laughs> uh, Iolani, they never, they never win. My goodness. Uh, they Technically, they haven't won in a long time. They took the boys uh, paddling state championship with an official time of 3 minutes, 36 Point one eight seconds. Uh, it is their first boys' title since two thousand and four. So I guess in that sense they haven't won in years. a while. It's so. a generation. All right. Okay. We'll give them that. Uh, in the mixed division, Kamehameha Schools Kapalama took that with an official time of three minutes forty nine point six nine seconds for their first title in the mixed division since twenty thirteen. So this was this was what was nice to see with the paddling state championship is that we didn't have a back-to-back situation or it was a long drought since a lot of these schools won in their respective divisions and then last but definitely not least but selfishly I'm saving the best for last because the winner of the girls division was Waimea with an official time of four minutes 9.38 seconds for their first state title in canoe paddling and the first public school to win the girls division since the tournament began in 2002 so first public school there's there's been a majority of ilh schools that have won with sprinkles of seabury hall from mil but seabury hall is a private school on maui so the first public school and if you look at the tournament record book it there hasn't been many public schools that won mckinley won i believe in the mixed division a while ago Hill has won in the boys before but for this to be the first win in the girls division by a public school just says a lot so fortunately i was able to catch up with one of their coaches uh uncle kaina so this is what he had to say following that win feeling good feeling happy uh proud just for the fact that we get plenty of kids paddling again. Yeah, we won, but it's good to see the sport growing. And that's really the importance. What are some of the things that you were telling your girls, knowing that, hey, they, they're going up against some of, you know, the ones we see, your Punahos, your Kamehameha, Kapalama, but knowing that, hey, we can do this too. What, what, what are some of the coachable tools that you tell your squad? You know, in life, everybody compete against each other. I told them, our only competition is ourselves. Win, lose, tie, whatever. If we can stay together, we're going to be fine. And that's, as life, it's real. So that's that's basically what we like to preach. Last but not least, what do you want to say to the people back home on the beautiful island of Kauai? Kauai. This is for all of Kauai, all of the public schools. Apparently 21 years since any public school has ever won in a girls' division in an open division so to the little guys anything is possible and that's why we're doing what we're doing so keep banging connect keep banging feeling good feeling happy uh, keep banging proud. Oh. okay <laughs> keep banging connect there you go. There's your banger for you right there. It like, was a banger. Keep going. Quote. Keep fighting. I was like, oh, man. I texted. So for you guys, after I did that quick interview, I texted the guys like, oh, he just gave me a banger quote because 
And just you can hear the emotion that he has when he said that. And it, it rings true with all of us. It's like we always talk about we're, you know, we're the underdogs. We're the little guys. We're public school here, you know, uh, collegially like all of us division two division three you know we're so i was like oh man and even after i ended the recording i was like i'm so happy for you man like i'm public school too so shout out to you guys yeah i think if if he was uh gonna announce his uh, bid for for mayor or governor i would vote for him <laughs> on the spot <laughs> <laughs> i love it that's true so uh i'm glad i got a chance to catch up with him everything was kind of going on like oh my goodness that that's some inspiration so again shout out public school first time in the girls division since it began in 2002 oh i love it so much again i guess Ilani's cool and kamehameha schools kapalama and the other divisions but that's the one i was like all right we'll mention these first because that was a big time win for waimea and just the island of Kauai. and it was funny because as i mentioned i was with my auntie who uh is originally from here but has lived in hilo for a very long long time and you know i was saying all right if it's not the oia i'm glad like it's not ilh it's the outer island but obviously on different islands because to them oia does win All way more often you're right you have ilh and oia that usually win and so she was funny because she was like she's like oh if it's she's like i'm glad it's just not like oia and it's an outer island <laughs> <laughs> i was like ouch auntie but i get it because if you are on the outer islands the oahu schools are generally the ones whether it be oia or ilh that win so yeah and then you know what i'm happy for any of the, as long as it's not LH. It's our public schools. Like, realistically <laughs> speaking, we joke, but this this station especially has an affinity for our public schools. Mm -hmm. And like Coach said, the little guys. Because anything is possible. It's hard work. Our work matters just the same as anybody else. And uh, it, it's nice to get recognition like that. Where, like he said, 21 years and it's... It's a generation. I learned this last learned, quote unquote, last night during the <laughs> Super Bowl that a generation's considered 20 years. So I'm going to keep hammering that home. But like this is this is really big. It's cool for the outer islands. It's cool for the public school kids. And I was really hoping that he was going to get us with the LeBron James quote of uh, of like Cleveland. This is for you. <laughs> I thought that would have been funny. But uh, nonetheless, or like Michael said, announce his run for mayor. Exactly. Exactly. But either way, banger interview, banger quote and just a banger of a day for the Outer Islands. Uh, just awesome. Awesome stuff. And actually, no, but Kauai does have a good mayor. Isn't that Derek Kawakami? I think is their mayor there. Correct me if I'm wrong, Michael. Or do you know? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Uh, I know the politicians don't like us too much, so I'm not sure. <laughs> But we're talking about the outer island politician, so, oh, oh, you know, they, they, we haven't been blocked yet. Actually, that's right. Derek Kawakami actually shared our Instagram post of the photos of Waimea, which is like, got a crazy amount of likes. So clearly people care about paddling here. And I just was like, hey, let's go cover paddling on the outer island. Shout out to our in-studio team here with our two-hour show. And we were all over the place over the weekend, if you guys follow us on social media. So we were trying to have all bases covered on two different islands, multiple sports between UH, HPU, high school. So yeah, we, we did the darn thing, you guys. Kudos to everybody here. All right. Last but not least, don't want to forget about the uh, state championship for swimming. So the K Mark Takai Swimming and Diving State Championships. Uh, no, not really a surprise in these winnings. The boys champ is 
Iolani, their third title in a row. And for the girls, it was Punaho, their eighth title in a row. Hmm. And on that note, (laughs) we will take our last break and be right back on Wake Up in the Den. Wake up in the den with Kuhule Ogbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. It's Wake Up in the Den, Kuhule Ogbayani, Paul Brecht, and Michael Lascaro. Closing out our number two special, our two-hour show today. I know it's been quite the talk and requested that we go more than one hour, but... Maybe when we build our team a little bit bigger, it'll be manageable. For Slowly but surely. Too. Slowly but surely. Uh, and then because we have nights like what will be Wednesday night when we bring you the doubleheader action for Division 2 and Division 1 OIA Boys Basketball Championships uh, when we pull a clope in. So be sure you guys uh, tune in for that. Tonight is the semifinals for Division 1, so we'll know the exact matchups uh, tomorrow morning show and we'll tell you all about that but uh, going back to closing out what happened during the weekend uh, as I mentioned I was in Hilo so we also I also stopped by Francis Wong Stadium to watch some Division 2 baseball which was really interesting to see shout out to HPU they only dropped one game in that tournament uh, and that was a extra innings game against Chaminade so they were actually up I believe like 5-0 at the end of the third inning, and then Chaminade just chipped away, tied it up, went to extras, and Chaminade won 8-7. Uh, HPU did, was able to redeem that loss the following day, beating Chaminade 5-1, and also Hilo, beating Hilo 6-4. So, yeah, it looks pretty good for Dane Fujinaka and company, as we'll have more broadcasts. Actually, yeah, the back half of this month, you can listen to some HPU baseball and HPU softball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Okay, going over to the University of Hawaii side of things, uh, we'll probably have to save basketball for tomorrow. So we will, I can't believe we actually ran out of time to talk about everything that I was planning to talk about. I know. That's why we did two hours. All we do is talk. Third hour? Yeah. Third hour hour. on the fly? Let's keep going. That's what what, what Paul and I did one time when we went to a second hour on the fly. We're like, on the fly, hour number two. Actually, no, our... Oh, Arash Markazi follows us. Yeah, so we got to give guys, our boy You guys got to stick around to listen to Arash Markazi show coming up because he was in Vegas for the Super Bowl. So I can imagine today's show will be quite entertaining and him sharing all his experiences on the Ninth Island, making us jelly. Well, it's okay. We'll be fine to have basketball tomorrow yeah. anyway because later today we'll get a chance to talk with Coach True. Iran Ganat and Justin McCoy before they head out for another big time road trip. They did pick up a pair of really big wins over the weekend. HPU, a couple of big wins over mm-hmm. the weekend. There was a lot of winning for Hawaii teams oh, yeah. this weekend. One of the biggest wins going all the way back to Friday, though. I guess Wednesday and Friday, but the UH men's volleyball team topping off that sweep over Stanford in front of a packed crowd. So close to being a sellout on Friday night, and it was electric. I was... Unable to be in attendance, but we were watching it on TV, and they just look amazing. But here is what head coach Charlie Wade had to say after that match. I'll start with you, coach. I talking to a couple of guys before Wednesday, and they were talking about how they were just kind of excited to kind of see where they're at, get the A guys out there, maybe kind of learn a little bit about where they were at these two matches. 
Um, did you learn anything about uh, about your guys uh, these last uh, two nights against Stanford? Yeah, I mean, uh, we did some really good stuff against a really good team, and that's encouraging. And we knew, uh, we believe we have a chance when we become the best version of ourselves that we could be the best team. You know, we got a pretty good idea of what that looks like statistically and just kind of stylistically to be the best team because um, we've been it or near it for several years now. You know what I mean? So it's, it's and, and it's not just me and the staff, but the players here, they've, they've been a part of that too. So we all know what it kind of, what I say, like looks like, sounds like, smells like, you know, and um, we think we're, we're getting there. You know, there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, but some of the stuff that we do that kind of separates us, again, not only the, the ability to put service pressure on, but sustain it, right? The, the, the efficiency from the service line for us is typically better than our opponent, you know, and, and, and one of the best in the country. Um, you know, example like Tread has not been spin serving all that long. He served 39 times this weekend with two errors and four aces. You know, a really big point scoring percentage. Um, you know, and we just got enough guys in the lineup that it's not just the one guy's ability to come back and uncork it. It's have that extended turn. We saw Spiros at the start of the second set. You know, that really what kind of separates us. And even a guy like Chaz in that that first set, that ace that he got late at Deuce really was the difference. You know, just one. Um, you know, and then offensively, we're we're getting better. You know, and I. I'm critical of Tread a lot in terms of what he's doing, but at the end, um, we do lead the nation in hitting percentage, so we have to keep it in perspective. And um, you know, we made three hitting errors tonight. Now, I could put all three of them on him because the one to Jazz was the two to the outside were low, and the the big yeah, the big Ciccioni was just dumb. Uh, I've been sitting for an hour anyway, but uh, he's learning and listening and. Um, Again, at the end of the day, if that's it, you know, those are that's the only errors you make the entire night. I don't know what the what we hit five six hundred had to, yeah, five ninety something. So we can't be too critical, and we just learn and you know keep trying to get better at stuff. We're still, you know, um, the, what's changed in college volleyball and men's college volleyball is this larger non-conference part of the season now. You know, where when we split the West Coast League in half, and now we literally have all of January and February. Um, and, re and even into the early March where we get to play non-conference before we get into the real battle of the season. So you, you get to work on some stuff and you get to, you know, kind of experiment a little bit and develop some depth and, and uh, kind of open up the playbook. So we'll continue to do that for the next month and um, hopefully uh, by the time we hit conference play, we're, um, you know, we're near the best version of ourselves. And that was UH Men's Volleyball head coach Charlie Wade following their second game. And that was a sweep over Stanford. Uh, and that, as you mentioned him, and as we were kind of talking about last week, that this was good to see a true test for the Rainbow Warrior squad because they've been playing somewhat easier teams. Yes, they did drop the second game of the season to Loyola Chicago where they just committed way too many errors and obviously that's going to be the detriment. He said it also in there where you have Tread who's just become quite the server, but he didn't he didn't want to completely build him up there. He wanted to make sure he's still being realistic doing the Charlie Wade stuff. So, it was nice to see them compete that the way that they did and also also for all the fans to, that were in attendance for the pack the stand night and it looked awesome on tv everyone with their white 
And as he mentioned, now they have about a month to until they start ramping up to play these better teams once again. So they will host their their this. The good thing is they're home for like the rest of the month. So a lot of fans can go check them out. But the next couple of uh, matchups coming up is against Missouri S&T. That will be on February 22nd. That's a Thursday. And it'll be back to back on Friday. Um, they'll play Missouri S&T again. And then they play they don't play again until March 1st against Sacred Heart. So that'll be on a Friday and Sunday first weekend in March. And then you come back and. Oh, then they're still here in March or the rest or a good portion of March as well. Outrigger Volleyball Invitational, which starts on March 7th. And they'll play Lewis, Grand Canyon and UC Irvine. So a lot of the ramping up to the Big West Conference. They start the conference season on the road March 15th at Long Beach State, which that's going to be electric. All things considering. So. Yeah. <laughs> Though Long Beach did just fall, right, to UCLA. They split a couple against the defending national champs. So It's crazy. Like, this men's You don't want to be right number now, one in, in, in the nation. That, that's kind of the joke, right? It's like number one always seems to fall uh, so far this season and the rankings getting all uh, messed up. With the Stanford, I mean, Stanford could possibly fall. UH could move up because UH last week was ranked number three and Stanford was number five. I haven't seen what the current rankings are yet, but I can imagine Hawaii could move up, but hopefully not to number one. Not yet. <laughs> no. Want to be number one at the end of the year. Um, I'd rather be number two all the way up until the final match and then then take that number one spot the way this year in volleyball has been going. Yeah, but I can imagine more and more fans coming up, showing out for just watching incredible men's volleyball. Winning is good. There's a lot of winning over the weekend, as we mentioned uh, men's basketball had a couple of wins, which we will talk about tomorrow on tomorrow morning show. Women's basketball actually had the surprising loss on Saturday, which we will also talk about tomorrow because you guys know once Paul and I start talking about basketball, we will totally run up against the time and be rushing to finish up all of our thoughts. So tomorrow morning show, we'll get into men's and women's basketball. Also, Paul was out at the HPU games as well with them winning. Oh. Man, it feels good. I can't believe the two hours is already done, you guys. It flies by when you're having fun, Koo. Man, here I thought that it would have been like, oh, yeah, two hours were more than enough that we would have. I knew one hour wasn't going to be enough. No. Considering we spent the entire uh, first portion of the show on Super Bowl talk. And food. Oh, yeah. We talked food. a lot about food. Yeah. My food spread was not that great but I if don't... you guys had fun food spreads share those with us yeah. on social media please. i i don't know if i should admit this on here but you know we, we're going because i was i mean i was at in the comfort of my home of course. i do not remember eating food after the game oh i definitely didn't <laughs> eat food after the game I, I, I tell you that much i knew i ate it because i like looked in the sink and i'm like oh i think Yep, my rice has been eaten, so I ate something. And I think I vaguely remember eating nachos. Um, but yeah, one person party. Shout out to my other half who just lets me party by myself because he had a lot of beverages the night before and did not feel like partying for the Super Bowl, but I had my one person party. And no judgment. That's the best thing is that he's just like, go on with yourself. Like, go having on your, with your bad self. Like, having your, your drinks by yourself and dancing to Usher and, you know, like... And the whole time he said, I was like, I just want to keep partying. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I was just, I I was just happy Taylor Swift one. That's why. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, but I don't know. At least I didn't fall asleep. Michael, you said you fell asleep during the game. I, I meant I went to the bathroom. Sorry. Oh, I went to the bathroom. <laughs> I had somebody fall asleep. I wouldn't blame you if you fell asleep too. I did, however, fall asleep really early last night at like he. I don't remember falling asleep. He told me this morning, like, you want to know what time you fell asleep? Guess, and I'm like, I don't even want to guess. <laughs> He's like, you fell asleep at seven. <gasps> the sun was still setting and it was out. I was like, that would explain why I woke up at two o'clock in the morning. So that's about the adequate amount of time. Well, been a fun show for Michael Escaro, Paul Brecht. I'm Kule Agbayani. Mahalo for listening. Bye.